we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 39 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? How was your weekend? Healthy and alive. Uh, doing well. Weekend was uneventful. Well, I say uneventful. It was it was busy, but yet uneventful at the same time. But uh, yeah, other than that, pretty good. Obviously, Father's Day as well. So yeah, didn't do anything special that day. But uh, yeah. It was a holiday. Yeah, I, I, I do recall. I, I don't know if it's the same here. I, I don't know. I, sometimes it is. I, Mother's Day fell on the same day this year, but sometimes it doesn't. I, I don't know. I, I don't follow that stuff. I mean, I don't really have a need to. So anyway, it is what it is. I'm glad to see that uh, you had a good weekend. We did have a small team building event on, uh, well, actually, it was just we didn't have a very good turnout because I don't know. Some people decided that, well, it was too warm for them, I guess. Europeans just can't handle the heat. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we we, we kind of razzed them. Uh, was last uh, minute. Being, well, was last minute. Uh, well, it was last minute, but uh, being as I live in the South, I can I can razz them and, and harass them and say, oh, you're, you're complaining about 27 degrees Celsius temperatures. That's like what we get in March, you know, uh, and, and we see like 40 degree temperatures in the in the summer uh, Celsius. But keeping in mind, in all fairness, uh, these Europeans are, are much further north. They're more in line with like northern uh, U.S. or Canada, whereas I'm at the same latitude as uh, Egypt. So, you know, to, to be fair, it, uh, it is a little bit and warmer have, down here. Yeah. And you have humidity. A lot of people don't take that into consideration. You know, I, I came from True. the Ohio Valley. And let me explain to those that are unaware you have the Great Plains in the U.S., right? The big flatland part of the U.S., the, the flyover country, right? That you have storms that travel west to east. They come across the Great Plains in the U.S. And they reach a certain point on the eastern part of the United States called the Appalachian and the Allegheny Mountain Chains. When these storm cells hit these particular mountain chains that run up and down the country from north to south, they just kind of sit there. And they just hang. And so you get these storm cells that just sit over top of that part of the country in the Midwest. And so you end up with 90 degrees Fahrenheit, 90% humidity. That's what you call Tuesday in the part of the country that I come from. Yeah. 
today is actually um, an oddity for us, uh, kind of, I guess you could say. It's actually dry here, considering it's it's 42% humidity right now. And that's, that's considered uh, pretty dry, especially with us just having some storm fronts that came through over the weekend, um, brought some heavy winds, uh, some towns close to me, like 15 minutes away, had trees that were knocked over. And I mean, like, trees not just branches uh from the the winds they had 90 90 mile an hour plus sustained winds uh in some of these locations whereas here again because we live in this little bowl shape the storm kind of i mean we've seen high winds and the rain was coming in horizontally but other than that there wasn't any damage well, Bruce, one of the ways that we can cut down on all of these problems of extreme weather that we're dealing with, in other words, regular storms, the things that we can do to cut down on that, well, we're going to have to go green. As we talk about on Tech Tuesdays, we talk about things that are technology related. One of these things are electric cars. How big of an impact are we going to have if we change everything over as the Biden administration wants to do, as the Canadians, the Australians, the New Zealanders, the British, all the Europeans. We want to make all these changes by 2030, at least a goodly percentage of them. And then they have another goal from 2030 to 2050 to reduce private vehicle ownership by, I think it's two thirds globally. But they're making projections right now by the experts, I'm doing the air quotes, experts, that predict what will happen out to the year 2100. Conveniently, when no one will be around to say these idiots were wrong. But even now, even right now, you've got experts that are saying what they believe. Not even that it's a, it's an absolute 100% proven fact. It's just what they believe. Actually, it's whatever they've been paid to say. What they believe will happen if we make all of these changes, which, by the way, we can't even do, not just from a financial or economical standpoint, we don't have enough in resources to be able to manufacture and hit these quotas for these contracts that have already been earmarked. We don't have the materials to even produce them because we haven't discovered them. What are the implications going to be all the way out to the year 2100? Let's take a listen to what was said in the U.S. Congress questioning one of these experts. True or false, President Biden says he wants 50% of new cars to be electric by 2030. True, but I guess now it's 60%. True or false, a typical electric car requires six times the mineral inputs of a, con- of a conventional car. Yes. If 50% of the cars were electric vehicles today, is there enough power on the electric grid to charge them all? Absolutely not. No. You said in your written statement, Mr. Bradbury, I want to quote you, if every country in the world achieved its stated EV targets by 2030, the total savings in carbon dioxide emissions would be expected to reduce global temperatures by only 0.0002 degrees Fahrenheit by the year 2100. Given this fact, is it unilaterally gutting the U.S. auto market, critical mineral supply chain and the grid stability? Is that the solution for addressing the temperature goals? Well, I, I don't think so. Well, he doesn't think so. What do you think, Bruce? Do you think we should just eviscerate our economies here in the West and change our entire way of life and basically shut everything down? Which, by the way, that's what all this is meant to do. It's meant to just shut us down, having no replacements. That's what it's meant to do. Do you think that yeah. the, the, the benefits outweigh the, the sacrifices that we're going to have to make here? Point zero 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 two. Is that what he said it was? Yes. Uh, yeah. No. No, that does not warrant uh, destroying our uh, electric grid, our 
car manufacturing or private ownership of vehicles, uh, let alone uh, our supply chains, our logistics, yeah. our businesses, everything, all of it. Yeah. Um, this this ocean, whole thing is a farce. Ocean going vessels. That's going to have to be replaced, too, by the way. Because if you're getting rid, they they actually haven't even said that yet, but that's part of the plan. Yeah, if you get rid of all of this in favor of this, uh, you know, going with lithium ion or or just electric vehicles in general, um, God, you you think um, things are fun now in the market? You know, with how unstable it is currently, yeah, it's going to be even more unstable. Uh, especially when people are banned or barred from using gas-powered vehicles, um, that's going to make life really interesting. And don't think you're like, well, I won't have a car, so I'll just order takeout or I'll have stuff. Yeah, you're not going to be able to have that delivered because everybody's going to be in the same boat. You can't have an elect- uh, a, a private car. That The goal is to not allow gas-operated vehicles or reduce gas-operated vehicles by, as you said, 60% now. Um, yeah. And that's not even that's not even taking into consideration the safety of these uh, electric vehicles. When I say safety, do you know how prone to catching on fire these things are? It's unbelievable when one of these things actually starts combusting. Have you ever seen an electric vehicle combust? Have you ever actually seen it? I just so happen to have a uh, a clip here of it. Bruce, tell me what you think of this. Okay? Th- this is an electric vehicle that caught on fire on the freeway. And believe me, I mean, it's, it's terrible to sit here and watch this. And I'm glad that nobody was hurt. But this is what they want us to drive. Remember, these cars are safer. Yeah, the- Those cells are exploding. Jets of flame coming out. Real safe. I mean, they they pass all the safety standards. Oh, yeah, they pass all the... Those are not gunshots. No. Those are the battery cells combusting. Yeah. Emission-free. See how much you're saving in emissions, Ibris? Oh, you're yeah. I mean, all that black smoke coming up out of there, yeah. That just, uh, that so just good shows you that everything's so just so green. it's burning off efficiently. Everything's good. It's all safe. And, no, that that is horrible. And uh, it's a good thing that nobody was hurt. But geez, the the guy that's recording the video, I'd be wanting to back it up a little bit or hunkering down a little yeah, bit more because yeah. concrete barrier he was like, behind there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, uh, that that. Maybe he was, and the camera was just, you know, sitting up. That's possible too. But yeah, that was uh, that would that was concerning uh, to to say the least. And that that's the average vehicle that they want us to have and drive. No thanks. This is the thing. We drive vehicles that literally has explosions going off in the inside of the engine. I mean, that's literally it's, what a combustion engine is. It's a controlled does. explosion. Yeah, it's a combustion engine. It, yeah. Exactly. And yet they want us to. Do, that is far safer than driving these battery-operated vehicles, which have no combustion. There is no explosion that's going on. Uh, but yet, if there is a slight short, if you spill your drink in the wrong place and it shorts out one of those batteries, bye bye I mean, the car's going up. 
like those things we've seen car uh fires you know with with gas operated vehicles and they get hot they, they i mean it, it you'll see the frame start to melt yeah the, the frame didn't exist after that that car battery no. explosion and no. like that you're, you're seeing bits of it go flying everywhere yeah no, i'll pass thanks yeah that's the green transportation they want everybody to use that's insane now I do have to make a correction here. I mean, this is a this is a big mistake on my part, and I need to make sure that we get this right because all we have here is our integrity. We don't have millions of dollars, anything like that. I mean, I, can you imagine what we could do if we actually had something like that? I mean, we could actually get a lot of things accomplished, more than what we're actually getting accomplished. But I, I need to make a serious correction here. Now, two countries in particular that are not going to follow this electric vehicle stuff are Russia and China. Now, the Chinese... Oh, they're going to manufacture the cars. Don't think that for a second that they're not. What do you think they're going after all of these these materials for? Because they're going to manufacture the junk and the unsafe stuff. I mean, can you imagine an electric vehicle made in China with those safety standards? That kind of thing that we just played, that's going to be commonplace for people. Uh, the safety standards in China for people that have not seen the videos, uh, a parked car spontaneously combusts. Um, a gasoline someone- car. No, what? Well, no, no, electric car. These oh, were electric, electric car. Uh, yeah, just electric cars. Yeah, okay. They're just, just sitting there parked, just spontaneously catch on fire. Now it does happen. Uh, the, the the gas operated ones that there has been just spontaneous combustions of of a gas operated one in China. But sticking with the the battery operated, uh, you know, electric. Yeah, their standards are pretty low. And I honestly do. Do we? Has it been so long ago that we've forgotten that literally just like what 10 years ago less than 10 years ago we had the big debacle with the cell phone batteries exploding and now you're wanting to put like a a half a ton or a ton of those same batteries into a car and not concerned that the same problem may not happen again i mean it that's literally all they put in a car car bomb yeah that's literally all they put in a car it's like 1200 laptop batteries that's all it is but they make it into like this giant pack that's all Mm -hmm. they do is just that now again i need to yeah, and you're sitting on it. I need to make a correction, Bruce. I, I I mean, this is this is a big correction. Okay, again, Russia and China are not going to follow this. They're going to make well, at least I mean, I think that they're going to make their own cars. I have made the claim here in recent months and weeks that I need people to name one Russian car. I made the mistake. Apparently, they have a car, and I didn't know about it. It is an older company. And I should have been aware of this, but I thought because the Soviet Union <clears throat> collapsed, you know, I, I thought that since that happened, I thought the company went away. Apparently, it's been revived. There was an older company that manufactured vehicles during the Soviet era. It was called Lada, L-A-D-A, Lada. Apparently, they're still around. I, again, news to me, I didn't know. I just, it was my fault. I dropped the ball. I, I shouldn't have jumped the gun and made the false claim that they don't make a car when in fact they do they do make a car bruce are you pulling the uh, the company information there so you can take a look and, and sure. let people yeah. know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the the company came into existence in 1973 okay yeah uh yeah and the the thing uh yeah so being as we've uh, um some of the video games i've played in the past the lotta is one of the cars that they make from that era, the, you know, the, the 70s the and kind of yeah, that yeah, area, yeah. the Soviet yeah. era. That like is Cold the typical War. car yeah. that you would see like Russian mafia or, you know, something like that in like movies or something. 
That's yeah. what they were driving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you see, Bruce, over the uh, the past few days, they've been hosting in St. Petersburg the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum, which is more or less, if you look at it, it's it's basically what goes on in Davos, except it's Vladimir Putin in Klaus Schwab's place, right? Just swap the two. And he's hosting everything that's going on. Now, during this event, it's very important. Bruce, I need you to pay very close attention because this is history in the making. At this event, the company Lada unveiled to the press, they were all over it, right? As you'll see, they were all over it. They unveiled their new, their newest vehicle right off the line. And they were there on site to give the world press or the Russian press, not quite sure, the Eastern Bloc press, whatever. They were all there ready to ask questions, take comments, whatever, you know, get, get a demonstration. This is what happened. Oh, dear. Well, unfortunately, I, but they do make a car. They do make a car. So I, I had to make the correction. Uh, they do make a car uh, and that does not start. That's that's unfortunate. Mm. You know, uh, after looking at it, there's the Lada uh, Vesta. Man, that looks an awful lot like some uh, SUVs we have here uh -huh. in the States. It certainly Looks does. Doesn't really it? similar. Yeah, uh -huh. couldn't possibly be that they no China no 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 acquire. No. How could you mm. ever make such an accusation like that? Mm. Their their courts yeah. have said that looks nothing like that. I'm, I'm I yeah I'm sure it looks nothing nothing like it. Yes, no mm -hmm. looks absolutely nothing like. It. Doesn't even have the same name. True. It doesn't have. It, it's one letter different. You're, you are correct. Anyway, I had to make the uh, the correction there. So you see, the Russians, they do have a car. They do have a car. They still have the, the Lada. It's still there. And that was my mistake. I, I should have known better. And so I'd like to apologize. Anyway, moving along. Bruce, did you know that the uh, the U.S. government agencies were hit in a global cyber attack over the weekend? No, actually, I heard nothing of it. But no? uh Goodness, no, CNN yeah, reported this, the... and and it was an oh. exclusive. You should have heard all about this. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't watch CNN, so oh, Communist well, News Network isn't one of my, uh, you know, prime watching whatever. No, I can't say it's one of mine either. Several U.S. federal government agencies have been hit by a global cyber attack by guess who? Uh, China, Russia, Russian cyber mm. criminals. They didn't say who. There was no group that that took the blame. Usually when you have these types of things, you would have some group come out and say, yeah, we, yeah, we did, did that. And what are you going to do about it? Ha ha. No such yeah. group did anything. So, you know, I, and they don't even say really uh, who the agencies were that were affected. They so, just say that the cybersecurity infrastructure security agency, which I didn't even know we had such an organization, uh, is providing support to several federal agencies that have experienced intrusions affecting their applications. A statement from the assist executive assistant director for cybersecurity said, uh, referring to the software impacted, we're working urgently to understand the impacts and ensure timely remediation. Uh, could it possibly be that one of our government agencies hacked one of their own, uh, finger quotes, uh, to uh, make it look like 
someone else outside Maybe. did it. Maybe. I don't know. That we, we hear so many entrapment cases, so many false cases nowadays uh, by our government that it could be the government saying, hey, we're not totally incompetent. See, we caught some hackers. Now, to be fair, I was listening to a professor uh, not too long ago. He he teaches students at a university. Now, I, I know what we've said recently about like intelligentsia, but that, that doesn't mean that they're all bad professors. I mean, that there are good professors, just like there are good politicians and good people in government. I refuse to believe that everybody in there is horrible and corrupt. I know some people that work within the government and they're genuinely decent people. But this particular professor teaches at a university in the United States, and his job is to train hackers, as in white hat hackers. Bruce, would you like to explain the difference between a white hat and a black hat hacker for those that don't know, please? Yeah. So a white hat is basically someone that's hired to hack um, some server or some, you know, system by usually by the company or the government, you know. So, uh, for example, let's say the, the government agency in question, let's say the FBI, the FBI would hire white hat hackers to hack the FBI so that they could find vulnerabilities and those kind of things. Same thing with companies and whatnot. A black hat uh, hacker is someone that is basically a rogue agent. They go out there and hack whatever they want, whenever they want, uh, for either ransom or to um, steal people's identities or, you know, uh, accounts information, you know, those kind of things. Uh, either sell that information or use the information to get money, basically. Yeah. So this guy trains white hat hackers. And more to the point, so to kind of add on to what you said, white hat hackers, not only will they be hired by our government agencies, which that's what he's actually training them to do, is to take jobs within our government agencies for cybersecurity. So not only will we be able to detect our own vulnerabilities, we'll be able to build countermeasures for those vulnerabilities and harden our infrastructure in that regard. Russian hackers and Chinese hackers are second to none. Russians especially, they really are good at hacking, as in like computer hacking. Their skills at breaching infrastructure is second to none. They are some of the best in the world. There is no doubt about that. However, when it comes to their own security, they're not very good at it. And I don't know why. I don't know what it is about that. But uh, I was actually telling you about it, Bruce, when the head of the FSB had his email hacked because his password was Moscow one. Why you would make your password that I don't know. He, so he changed his password after he got hacked to Moscow two and it got hacked again. So he changed it to Moscow three. I have to laugh every time I hear this until finally the, the government said, OK, you need to actually make it something different. So why they can't protect themselves, I, I don't know. But our infrastructure, as hard-headed as our people are, our infrastructure, even though it's compromised in a lot of ways, it's still better protected than Russian infrastructure or Chinese infrastructure in that regard. So the thing that, yeah, I, I know, I know, we still have major vulnerabilities. And one of those major vulnerabilities is exactly what this professor was concerned about. We have a problem with the transformer network in the U.S., as in one of our major hubs on the eastern side of the country, which delivers power to millions of people. And if that transformer goes, we keep one in reserve. It takes three to five years to manufacture another one. And guess where they come from? They come from China. Now, if the Chinese or the Russians who are militarily allied or hasn't anybody noticed, if they decide that they're going to take our grid down, 
and they're successful at it, and we have our replacement installed, let's say that transformer is no longer usable, and we install the second one, and they get at that one too. Are they going to be so generous as to give us a third one? I don't think so. Now, I want you to think about what will happen if you're inside the United States. I want you to think about what will happen in your area. I don't care if you're in small town America or if you're in New York City. Think about what would happen with 48 hours to 72 hours of no electricity. Now, think very hard on this because not only do you not have electricity, you don't have running water, you don't have waste and sanitation services, you don't have fuel, as in the pumps aren't going to work. You're not going to have natural gas because we keep the natural gas flowing through regulators that run on electricity. So how's this going to work? No, we're not medical. just yeah, no medical. No, none of this. None of this. We're literally going back 200 years when we don't have electricity. People don't stop to think we're accustomed to dealing with all the power going out for a couple of hours because of, say, like a natural disaster or something or God forbid somebody crashes into like a transformer or something like that and the power goes out for a few hours. We can handle a few hours. That's not a big deal. A few days, a few weeks, a few months. Mm. The wider implications of this could be catastrophic. And I'm not trying to alarm people, but this is the reality of the situation. I'm not somebody that denies reality. I just don't. We're dependent on all of this technology. And yet we don't stop to think that if we don't have electricity, none of this is going to be here. So did we really, did we really catch some hackers from Russia or from China? Did we really catch some hackers? Or are we just trying to find some headlines out there to garner some kind of credibility within public opinion? Because the threat, I can tell you, is real. But none of what's listed in this article sounds like it's anything listing any kind of specifics. Like, there's nothing in here about what people need to be doing in case something like this is a legitimate problem, as in like a legitimate threat. There's nothing in there about that. What, do you think the government is going to come and, and rescue you with no water and electricity? I want you to think about this for just a minute. In the United States, during Hurricane Katrina, everybody knows around the world about Hurricane Katrina. I don't care if you're from Europe, Australia, New Zealand, wherever. Everybody around the world has heard about Hurricane Katrina and how much of a disaster that was. It took the United States government two weeks to find the Superdome in New Orleans. That is a structure that you can see with the naked eye from space. And it took them two weeks to find it after they told everybody to go there. So just think about that. But they were pretty quick to uh, kick in people's doors and take their firearms. Oh, uh, yeah, they were, they were quick yeah. on that one. Yeah. Uh, the people that were in the high and dry areas that had no real concerns, they had plenty of food and water and they had their own generators and everything else. Yeah. They were happy to go door to door with the National Guard and blow people's gun safes open and take their guns. Yes. So anyway, yes, grid down scenario. Again, that's something that you should constantly plan for, especially now. And be honest with you, I would not put it past. And this is what we said at the time. I would not put it past the Chinese to send a couple of balloons over. That's something that they're obviously good at. Right. A couple of small yield EMP devices attached to a, a couple of those balloons. I think that could do some damage. If you put one of those to over top of, say, I don't know, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, something like that. That could do a lot of damage, just knocking the power out there for a couple of weeks. Honestly, I'm not even I'm not even sure our own government wouldn't do something to cause the power grid to collapse. And then they blame it on something like climate change or Russia or China or something, you know, to, to foment more hysteria against. Well, it wouldn't be China yet because we're China's um, they, they have to flip the narrative to China and they haven't done that yet. 
No, um, that's common. Yeah, it's coming. And that may be something they use, actually. They may use a, a, a balloon or something and allow one to get across. This is the thing that um, people need to understand with those balloons that we're talking about, that uh, the spy balloons that made it over. Um, we were tracking them the instant they left the ground from China. We knew exactly where they came from, uh, down to the exact building it was released from or, you know, uh, location. And yet they didn't see fit to shoot it down uh, until after it had completely passed the United States. Now, um, if if our government were um, truly trying to protect us from something like, uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe a, a balloon like that having a, a nuclear device attached um, or a, <laughs> don't you think they would have shot that down a lot sooner at, at the risk of something like that being there? Maybe over the Pacific before it even came close to land? Uh, you, you would think they would have had that taken care No, they, they didn't. They let it traverse the entirety of the United States. And the only reason they told us about it was because we seen it. The public seen it. And so the, the government admitted to it. They weren't going to say anything. If, if we would not have seen those coming across, if people wouldn't have seen them with their naked eye, they the government would have told told us nothing about it. So this opens up questions of how many security risks do we have that actually go on regularly that the government isn't telling us about, first of all. And second of all, um, why didn't they do something about this? Because this is telling China, hey, if we want to attach some kind of nefarious device, whether it's nuclear um, or EMP or uh, biological, we can do it. We can aerosolize a, a bioweapon and release it by hot air balloon over uh, the United States and America. The government will do nothing until after we have accomplished our task. That's what we told them, basically. Does anybody see that as a problem? I do. Because I do. I, I do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Are we fixing this problem, see, seeing as how we're, we're talking about what the government can do to ensure that we, we address these issues? Are we fixing this problem with General Milley? No. 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 And I, no, I, I, he, God, Milley, I... I well, I was referring I to. I, I I agree with you. I was referring to the the mean tweets that people are making about him. Oh, uh, we're actually the the we actually are making headway in uh, tracking down the people that are mean tweeting about generals. Oh, well, good. Um, the Secret good. Service is actually this the Secret Service who has better things to do than to troll on. Uh, and by troll, I mean. Not troll as in uh, making fun of or troll as in fish for information on uh, people that are posting mean tweets. By the way, might I remind you that the First Amendment says we can do mean tweets about any government official. It does not matter who it is. We can do mean tweets about them. The only thing that's not covered under freedom of speech, which I argue it is, but the only thing that's not covered is calling for violence. The government is the one that gets to say what calling for violence is, which is another reason I have a problem with that statement. Because the founders in the very beginning, part of the reason it was there is um, the founders were talking about overthrowing government, basically, the, the king at the time, in pubs and churches. And we need to allow the American people to do exactly that in case the, the government's ever a tyranny. But uh, yeah, in this case, the FBI is... Uh, got Millie covered and they're they're hunting down those those mean tweets. Don't you people have anything better to do as Bruce said? Excuse me, did I say excuse me? Did I say FBI? I meant I meant uh, Secret Service. Either one. Either one. The Secret Service when it comes to this thing with Millie or the FBI when it comes to January 6th. Don't you idiots have anything better to do? 
That's the only thing I can say to it. You were going to say preceding that, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interject, but my question was, have we fixed this problem with uh, with Millie? And you took that as I was meaning about the uh, him and the, the China collusion thing, you know, the, where he committed mm-hmm. high treason by saying that he would mm-hmm. tell the Chinese general, uh, yeah, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know if he does anything. Under the current administration and government apparatus, uh, bureaucrats, all of that, no, it will not be taken care of. And in fact, I, uh, he will die of old age long before anyone ever takes a look at this, uh, is my prognosis, unfortunately. I, I, I just, I don't see, I don't think, I, I just don't see things changing fast enough to go after these kind of people that are literally committing treason. Hell, we, we still have... We still have a pandemic that has, by the way, we now have proof that we were, we found the, the, the receipts before, but now we have actual government uh, papers of the government saying that the government did it. So this is like the FBI's research in this showing that, no, yeah, actually, yeah, we, we did fund this, uh, the government, we uh, funded this, uh, the, the, the research in the Wuhan lab for um, oh, was that out COVID-19. Today? Was that out that's today? Offic- that, that's out now, yes. I don't know that it was today when it was released, but yes, that is out now. And we, we still have that to go after. We still have people like Fauci to go after, and yet nothing is being done. Nobody's going after them per se. We do have states going after government, uh, but not really. I, I don't think there's going to be any headway because I, I think some of the cases that were in front of the Supreme Court were uh, had to do with s- stuff like this. And part of... This is what's so frustrating. Part of the things that uh, if a state wants to sue the federal government, one of the things they have to get through first is do they even have standing to sue the federal government for something? I honestly, I think that's irrelevant, uh, whether they have standing or not. Does it affect you in any way as a state? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, then you have standing. But it's more nuanced than that, as they say. Um, And it, it requires more standing. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's so frustrating when you have the government apparatus coming in and saying small businesses, uh, corporations, um, medical, you have to get this jab because COVID is so bad while removing all the, the other therapeutics on the market that worked against it. They didn't create a mandate or anything. They, they didn't actually they didn't do anything. The government, they just no. strong armed the corporations to do it them, uh, under that. It's just it's 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 a bunch of BS. And literally, this is treason. They colluded with our enemy, China, which unfortunately China is not seen as an enemy per se, and created a bioweapon and then released it to the world. Then created another bioweapon that they insisted the uh, citizenry take. And now we have people literally maimed and dying still from this bioweapon. And you literally had, we have it in our intro, you literally have Fauci just about saying it. You can tell what he was about to say. Listen. We had a collaboration with some Chinese com, uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Do you need to hear anything else? He literally says it right there. He was going to say, we had a collaboration with some Chinese communists. That's what he was about to say. I, honestly, I, I, like I said, I, I think these guys are uh, treasonous. I, I, and I mean, I mean, we should be going after them for treason. I mean that. And I understand what the implications are there. But they literally worked with our enemy to create weapons and then released it on the world. Uh, two, at least two. But then we also have uh, MERS 
that was experimented on making the first SARS virus. Uh, so yeah, that this has been going on for a while, and we've allowed it. And even even the the Obama administration even seen this as a problem, and they banned this research. Um, so or maybe that was just a cover. I don't know that that I don't know. I didn't really want to get into it too heavily today because I'm, I'm sure it'll be a topic later in the week. But since you brought that up, Senator Rand Paul on the releases today about Fauci, and then we're going to move on. But we will continue to talk about this later in the week. Yeah, it's not easy, and they haven't been forthcoming. I think the only way to convince them is that it won't all be about blaming them because we participated in funding this. The blame equally should go not only to Chinese authorities, but to Anthony Fauci and all those who advocated for this. But there has to be a reassessment. Look, Bill Gates has been over there recently. Bill Gates is the largest funder of trying to find these viruses in remote caves and bring them to big cities. So what happened in China is they went eight to 10 hours south of Wuhan, two to 300 feet deep into a, la into a cave, found viruses and took them back to a city of 15 million. There are many, many scientists who think that Bill Gates is wrong in funding this, that our government's wrong, that the Chinese government, that really we don't need to be searching for viruses that may never interact with man. And it's worse than that. They bring viruses that we may never interact with. They bring them back to the lab, but then they manipulate them by combining them with other viruses to create viruses that don't exist in nature. But this has largely been funded by Bill Gates. He, he funds the WHO more than most countries do. So there's a responsibility there. And I don't think he's not, I think he's well-intended, but I think he's inadvertently helped to create something that the biggest danger to mankind right now is something that he's been funding, and that is finding these viruses, taking them back to the lab, and manipulating them to make them more dangerous. Wow. I mean, look, we can talk about this now freely, but back in the early days, in the peak days of COVID-19, God forbid you said anything about any of this, you were canceled. Social media uh, and, and the mainstream media wouldn't allow you to push back on anything uh, against uh, China and uh, the, the COVID-19 uh, originating there. What about Anthony Fauci's accountability and the media complicit? What we know is from the very first days of the pandemic in January of 2020, that Anthony Fauci orchestrated a, an elaborate cover-up. He knew there was a problem. At three in the morning, he was emailing somebody on January 31st, and that person was head of the committee that was supposed to review dangerous research, the P3CO committee, the potential uh, pandemic pathogens. It was supposed to look at this dangerous research but Fauci allowed it to go around that. So he knew from the very beginning, not only was he funding the Wuhan research, but he was going around the regulatory apparatus to let it happen, even though the rules said it shouldn't have happened without more scrutiny. So he knew this from the beginning and it was an active cover up. He actively got papers placed that were not valid papers into, into large scientific journals. So yes, there was a cover up from the very beginning but a real judgment error. And this is a man, Anthony Fauci, who said in 2012 that this kind of research to create new virus was so important that even if a pandemic should take place, that it'd be worth the knowledge. I think there's several million people, particularly a million Americans, who would question whether that was good judgment or not. So yeah. whether or not he was um, some you know, poor judgment or not, it was incredibly bad decision to fund this research. I like how he implicated Gates there. And saying exactly what we've been saying here for years now, that this guy is with the Chinese Communist Party, they are bankrolling the World Health Organization. And they orchestrated not only the genesis of this, but the responses to it. I agree. 
However, the part that I disagreed with was his opinion that Gates is well-intended. Yes, um, I disagree. I, disagree. As well. uh, yeah. I, I don't. So he will shroud it as good intentions because the world is overpopulated. But he's a depopulationist. He's he wants to kill off humans uh, to reduce our population. So I, I'm sorry. There's something I I, I have. Um, kind of rooted in me both from the religious aspect but also as an american our declaration kind of kind of one of the inalienable rights that government can't take away from us the very first one this is kind of a hierarchy you know life first liberty and then pursuit of happiness i kind of hold life as sacred both religiously and uh you know uh politically uh shall we say so when I have someone like like a, a Bill Gates on my radar that is actively trying to kill people, literally, because we're overpopulated, that is in complete contradiction or, or at odds with my worldview. And frankly, I, I think that should be standard for the human race, is that when someone is come to power in some way that is actively trying to kill off the human race, we should all kind of unify and be like, Yo, this is this is a bad dude. This is a bad guy. This is someone that we don't want to continue having power. And I kind of wonder now, going back to what we discussed over the weekend on the exclusive, I, I kind of wonder, you think Gates was going to come back? He is over there in China and this is out today. So, you know, we, we kind of looked at the two and we're like, wait a minute, he's over to China now. This is coming out in three days and he's already out of the country. Hmm. Strange. And you might ask, well, what does all this have to do with technology? Haven't you been paying attention? COVID-19, the response to it, tracking you through your phones, the vaccine, the COVID passport, the step to get you into the digital marketplace, the digital ID, all of that. So yeah, COVID ties in to technology because they needed to merge the two. They needed to create, remember, they already had the product ready for you, the digital wallet, the digital currency, the QR code. They already had that but they needed to create the marketplace in order to sell it to you. And they gave you COVID. They had to get you to take it. And then when people didn't, then they forced it. And don't tell me they didn't. All right, moving right along here. This Apple Vision Pro, th this thing that looks like I'm going on to uh, a ski slope in the middle of the Swiss Alps somewhere. D do you want to tell me why I'm supposed to pay $3,499 for this clunky piece of garbage to put on my head? Well, uh, supposedly it comes with some features that are uh, unique, revolutionary. I don't know what you want to call it. Disruptive. It's not really disruptive, but they, they added technology to it that is not currently present on other VR headsets. Um, supposedly this one is supposed to be more durable. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, but in reality, this is this is a starter or a startup. This is the initial... Uh, release of a technology that will be used to help um, monitor, um, shall we say, uh, the average person. So there's there's some features in there that will, well, this isn't going to convince you that you're more interested in it. This is just the way it is. Some of the features in there will help with advertising, as an example. Uh, so they, they need to get out the, the the initial models, which are going to be expensive. That, that's kind of the idea behind this is, you know, the early models of the flat screen television you know, you, you paid 10 grand for like a, a, you know, a 30 inch or something like that. You know, it, it was really expensive in the, in the in the early days. 
that's kind of the idea with this is it's going to be expensive in the early days but as the technology you know the the infrastructure and technology and everything advances and it becomes cheaper to manufacture uh the prices will come down and the average person will be able to afford it the problem i have with this technology is um uh let's say you're in um some some vr game or some something like uh you're, hell, you could even be in something just watching a, a movie or something in a VR space, which is not uncommon. If you're there with this headset on, it sees what you're looking at. It, it's, it's tracking your eye movement. So it knows where you look, what you're inter interested in, and that's a good way to track what they could sell you as an example, or your even even personality or, you know, things that, that uh, really drive you, shall we say. And it'll make it easier to manipulate people. So uh, there, there's a lot of features that are nice in there that are beneficial to uh, like creating new games that are more entertaining and those kind of things or, or you know, a more engaging VR environment um, and having the ability to potentially do uh, augmented reality. It's just the other implications are, are really concerning. So I can't convince anyone that this is a great product that you should go out and buy and spend uh, you know, a, uh, God, a more, you, you could buy a, a brand new computer top of the line, uh, for that price and have money left over for, you know, the extra peripherals, uh, for that, uh, computer and still have excess money to go and buy a different headset that is not top of the line, but pretty damn close to top of the line. If you're wanting VR so badly, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, like, it just doesn't make any sense for that is, price. None of this makes any sense. I used to be one of the, these early adopters and this, like this doesn't do anything for me. As in like, this doesn't even interest me. I, the price is ridiculous in and of itself. So I understand what you're saying there. But as, as far as just like the marketing of it, as in, hey, this is a new product. I don't care. I, I really don't care. That's my problem is price to the side, right? Just kind of set that off to the side because the, the price is ridiculous. That goes without saying. But I'm not interested in the product at all. Even if it was, yeah. I don't know, $349, I'm not interested. Not in well, any way at all. If it were $300, I know I said all my qualms that I have with it, I'd snatch it up. $300 uh, just to give it like a, a, you know, a good review kind of thing or, you know, just no, a, a good, I would, I would, I would legitimately use it legitimately. I would use oh. it for, okay. um, some of the, I, I've, um, experienced VR and you know, my, okay. Uh, for the sake of the listener, my, uh, pastime or my like hobby, I guess you could call it is, is video games. That's my form of entertainment. I don't like television. I don't like watching shows and those kind of things. There's a handful of shows that I've watched in the recent time, like Mandalorian as an example, cause I'm a Star Wars fan. Um, but I used to be like a Marvel's fan and not interested in that. I haven't watched, God, I haven't watched any, any, anything since Black Panther. I haven't watched anything since then, but anyway. Video games are one that I, I, I enjoy. That's a medium I enjoy. And in the VR world, it, when you're doing like a flight simulator or something like that in VR, it, it creates a whole new experience. Okay. And all right. It, it, from, it's just, from that it's, aspect, it's a lot of fun. From that aspect, all right, may, maybe I can maybe I can see where you're coming from. It's still, though, it's not for me. It's, it's just not my thing. 
even shooters even yeah, even shooters yeah, that, even that, that, that is a I'm lot just, of fun too i'm sure it is it's again it's just it, it's not something that that interests me it's just my my thing i i don't know i i just I, i'm not interested in that stuff maybe it's because i tried them when i saw them initially as in like back in like the 90s these things really haven't advanced much further as in like size they're still about the same size and you still have to wear this big clunky thing on your head. Sure, the size is is not uh, much, you know, changed much. But yeah, graphically the graphics and, and the, what it, yeah, it can do. Yeah, the hardware and everything. Yeah, yes, everything yes, that's true. Improved. That is all changed, obviously. But yeah. I never did like the idea of, of putting this thing on my head. And I'm just like, that That just doesn't even interest me. Anyway, so barring anything else, that'll do it for today. Anything else you got, Bruce? Nothing, nothing else. We will see you back here tomorrow with Melissa from Cutting Through the Matrix. I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening.